Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons and Dragons, just with a DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow party member, Brady. How's it going, Brady? Good. How you doing? Doing great. Um, it's been forever since we've been able to uh, work out and record these uh, an episode together, so really glad to be doing it. Um, yes. And so I'm really looking forward today. We're going to jump into our episode about, you know, classes. And we recorded such an amazing, you know, you guys, if you haven't listened to the episode we just recorded about races, like, it was so good, like, just so much, like, in-depth discussion. I I mean, I, I would say just evocative, the, the level of description and just amazing, innovative. Oh. Yeah, it was some next level stuff. Yeah, um, it was what great. we were talking about, and it was uh, quite amazing. But um, Skype, I guess, just couldn't handle the level and magnitude of our discussion and stuff, and um, just decided not to let us. It said uh, no soup for you. Wait, so what you're telling me is the like Oscar worthy episode about character races. It's, yeah, like it would have won record. every award that uh that's possible. So it didn't it didn't I, I, I just don't didn't know what save? else to say. No. Okay. No. Didn't save. Did the whole thing. Tried to download it. It said no. Okay, well, um sorry today everybody. Uh you're going to be getting the uh you know, B team. Uh B, B team recording for uh character races, you know. Sorry it's it's not as good as it could have been. But But uh, it still will be some great content though. <laughs> right. And uh all right, so we're going to get it started. Um like I said today we're talking about character races and in the player's handbook for the 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, there are nine standard races that you can choose from for your character. Um so we'll just be doing a brief overview of each uh each of those so to start us off we're going in alphabetical order because uh you know that makes sense uh the first is going to be a dwarf so a dwarf um, they're short and stout people um you know not very not very tall usually about four to five feet tall and weighing about 150 pounds on average uh so like <laughs> really thick kids um and a big part of uh well, you know what's important to a dwarf is their clans. Their their clans that are made up of their family. Uh, it's a big part of their identity, and they consider being clanless to be a fate worse than death. Um, you know, generally seen as strong, stubborn people. Um, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, like literally Gimli the dwarf is a great stereotypical example of a dwarf. Um, Dwarves, uh, you know, they, they're skilled warriors, miners, also very stereotypical, and uh, kind of workers of stone and metal. Um, they get along well with other races, but earning their trust is something that may not be accomplished uh, if you are one of the races that live short lives like humans. Uh, it's usually kind of said that if a dwarf... Uh, favors a human it, they may not actually kind of 
come to have a great relationship with that human until <laughs> that human's children or even grandchildren are born, uh, just that they, their lives are much longer. Um, one uh, interesting note that the uh, player's handbook makes is dwarves dislike boats. So I think that's uh, something that's um, <laughs> common with a lot of dwarves in a lot of fiction. I mean, it makes sense. You think about it, they're very hardy people, you know, from, you know, like to be in the ground, if not on the ground. And that's true. You think about it from the, uh, like the, uh, the dwarves in WoW, you know, whenever you're, you click on them to talk to them and they always have the little sound bite. And one of the ones that they usually say is keep your feet on the ground. So, I mean, makes yeah. sense. You don't really have a lot of control. So yeah, it makes, that's true. makes sense. It's, they, they like to be connected to the earth. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they typically, male dwarves have big, you know, great big bushy beards. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> and uh, even some female dwarves uh, can have a little bit of beard they got, they got growth them going on. You know? So if you're into women with a little bit of facial hair, you know, might want to uh, look at some dwarves. Um, but in uh, the player's handbook, there's two main sub-races of dwarf, and those are the hill dwarves and the mountain dwarves. Um, hill dwarves are known to have keen senses. They, you know, they differ from the mountain dwarves as in they're kind of out in the world, not deep underground like a lot of the mountain dwarves are. They, you know, have deep intuition and are, you know, kind of a little bit better with interacting with the world, and, you know, they're very resilient and charismatic people. Whereas the mountain dwarves, they're accustomed to a difficult life, which has made them strong and hardy. And they have some special military training just from being mountain dwarves. And uh, that gives them special proficiencies. And uh, next, Brady, if you want to talk about the next one, is going to be the elves. Yes, the ephemeral elves, the, the beautiful, the slim, the sly, the fair-haired and fair-skinned elves um so these are pretty much what you would would think of whenever you picture an elf not so much the the short christmasy ones that you would think of up at the north pole <laughs> these are more he's of a uh, elf yeah he's a south pole elf but these are um you know imagine your legless uh your arwen all those uh so that you know they have this just this otherworldly grace and just like they're just hauntingly beautiful you know uh lots of them have not all of them but you know they're known for their long flowing silky hair you know blonde and black uh very kind of beautifully gaunt almost features very slim um but they are magical people uh that live within the world but they kind of are apart from it so it's like they're in it but they're not in it, in it. They're just here, kind of a thing. Um, but they are, you know, they were very slender and very graceful. And um, they are a little bit shorter than humans, but, I mean, this is all this kind of canon-type stuff. You can make them however you want. But uh, they are one of the more older-lived races. They can live over, well over 700 years old. I mean, even up to like, you know, a millennia or so, so a thousand years. So it gives them a really different look, outlook on things. And 
and it gives them a different perspective on how you know a dwarf or a human would see things where a human is very you know we only live up to about a hundred years and dwarves can live up to a couple hundred years they elves see the long game whereas the humans really just see more of the here and the now right which you know has its pluses and minuses but just depends on your outlook on things yeah but for the most part, you'll find them uh, back in hidden forests, villages, uh, you know, in tree villages and things like that. Uh, they really try to limit their contact because, again, they are in the world, but they're not of the world. So they're not really part of it. Uh, they're just kind of more like outsiders um, themselves. But they usually do take up uh, adventuring out of a sense of like wanderlust and, you know, just wanting to see what's out there. And, you know, that's like. They've lived for three or four hundred years, and they've grown tired of their their village that they never leave, and decide, hey, you know, I want to set out and see what else is out there, and you know, explore for centuries and centuries, and you know, make all sorts of different contacts, and um, it also allows them to like sort of exercise their their big brain, I guess you could say, about <laughs> it. You know, being able to you know, diplomacy and making new connections and just that that drive of wanting to learn yeah. and make themselves better just for the sake of being better. Not to be better than anyone, but just to make themselves better. Yeah, and even their, like, their like, martial, like, combat skills and as well as their magical power, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're... With their long-lived lives, they have, and their 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 traveling, it's given them that different perspective. So they are a little bit slower to make friends, uh, and they're even slower to forget a slight or anything like that. So that's you know, elves are really bad about holding grudges mm -hmm. and um, being kind of slow to become friends, just because you know they. They've probably thought, well, I've been down this road before. I've seen how this person's acted. I know how it's going. It's going to go differently, or it's going to go like this, so I'm not even going to try unless you can really prove yourself to them. Right. Um, but, yeah, so they're, you know, they can be anywhere from their skin, eye, and hair color is, you know, typically normal, but you can also find them, uh, some elves with, like, copper, bronze, and blue-white skin. And uh, eyes the color, you know, they can have the color of gold or silver colored eyes. And sometimes you can find them with uh, the hair that has, like, green or blue hues. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're usually yeah. considered, yes, they're usually still considered children up until the age of 100. And yeah. then after that is when they kind of reach adulthood, I guess you could say. And then that was, uh, you know, just how they're, they've been around for so long in such a long-lived race, they've had these ancient conflicts that have subdivided them into three subclasses or three sub races so you've got your high elves your wood elves and your dark elves are also known as the drow so uh, the high elves are usually the ones you know think about the ones that live in rivendell or imagine ones that are you know high elves that consider themselves above everyone and better than everyone but um very haughty and reclusive um and, you know, they have sort of a more focus on magic and arcane things. And then you have your wood elves, uh, you know, the ones that are out in the woods living rough and tumble, kind of more in touch with nature. And they have these keen senses and intuitions and very quick and stealthy 
uh, moving through the woods. Um, but, you know, they can also be very reclusive and uh, very distrusting of non-elves, especially if they've seen the havoc that they can wreak on the on the woods that they live in. And then you have the dark elves uh, or the drow. So they were these descendants of elves who were banished from the surface world hmm. for following this other this other goddess called Loth. Um, it's a whole really neat thing to read into if you ever get yeah. get a chance. But basically, um, one one group of them didn't like that they were doing that, so they basically just banished them to the to live beneath the surface. Uh, but now they have this whole civilization in what's called the Underdark, which is basically huge caves and caverns underneath, you know, the the Earth's crust or the the world's crust, and they just live in these big, dark, pitch black, cavernous, um, just big caves, pretty much. But they have right. these whole cities and civilizations and uh, all this stuff. But uh, they're usually uh, they have this black skin that resembles like a polished obsidian with super stark white hair or even almost like a pale yellow. Uh, and they also have very pale eyes and different shades of kind of like lilac, silver, pink, red, and blue. But uh, they also tend to be uh, smaller and a little bit thinner than most most elves. Uh, but that's that's just the drow. But, you know, this these are just uh, to give you an overview of what, what you're kind of looking at whenever you eat these races and... Uh, that kind of leads us on to the next one. So, Patrick, you want to take it? Yes, definitely. And uh, definitely one of my favorite races is the halfling. Um, and it, really, it's it's your favorite. That's uh, it's one of my favorites. I I really, you know, one of my I'd say my favorite is probably coming up. But uh, I okay uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like like I said, halflings uh, one of my favorite just because they're you know so versatile in my opinion um and i really enjoyed in the last campaign that i played in playing uh, a rogue that i i wasn't really you know into that that type of character and he was also a halfling and so after playing that character for a while it kind of grew on me a little bit more and uh halflings are you know like i've said uh referencing lord of the rings they're essentially hobbits and even in some early uh, versions of Dungeons and Dragons. They were called hobbits, and there was actually some <laughs> kind of run-ins with the uh, Lord of the Rings people. Some legal disputes. Yeah, yeah like, the estate of J.R.R. Um, Tolkien. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> they literally so they, issued a cease and desist order yeah. to the creators of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so they uh, pretty much had to say, "Okay, well, we know they're hobbits, but we're gonna call them halflings." And they were like, "Fine." So. Um, halflings, uh, goals, uh, you know, as people are, uh, you know, the comforts of home, they are really, their biggest goals are a place to settle in peace and quiet, uh, far from monsters and clashing armies. You know, they love a good meal and good drink and conversation. Um, some live out their lives in remote agricultural communities while others, um, you know, form bands of nomadic travelers, whether they be, you know, tradesmen, merchants, uh, musicians, uh, you know, uh, circus performers, that sort of thing. Um, they are small, just like dwarves. They uh, stand about three feet tall, so actually a little bit shorter than dwarves. And they, you know, are very, like I said, they're, they're tiny. 
So they kind of blend in, and a lot of times they, you know, their best strength is going unnoticed. Um, they typically weigh between 40 to 45 pounds. Uh, their skin and hair um, kind of, co- you know, goes through the same color ranges as a as a normal human. Um, halfling men like to support long sideburns, but uh, typically don't have beards, um, and definitely not mustaches. Uh, halflings, you know, they they dress practically. Um, they like to keep their wealth hidden, and they, you know, they're practical folks. They're very, you know, straightforward, and they like to go straight towards the solution. And, you know, a lot of times they only would choose the adventuring lifestyle to defend their homes or support their friends or just if they'd get that, you know, wild hair to go explore the wild um, wild world out there outside of their little hobbit holes. I mean, halfling holes. Um, and they uh, consider... Watch it. Don't get oh, in trouble. <clears throat> um, well, they, like I said, they consider uh, adventuring less of a career, um, you know, than an opportunity or sometimes a necessity. They uh, reach adulthood around 20, so kind of, you know, along the same lines as humans. Um, but they live a little bit longer, till about 150 years. Um, and the 5th edition breaks them up into two different sub-races. But in the case of halflings, they're more like closely related families, like cousins, than true sub-races. They're not that different. So the first one would be like the Lightfoot. Um, they're more prone to wanderlust than other halflings. They you know, hide easily from notice, and you know they can even hide behind other larger creatures. You know, if, you, if you're a halfling traveling with a, a half-orc, you can hide behind them pretty easily, and maybe even go unnoticed. Um, and you're a, half, a lightfoot halfling is very affable, you know, very lighthearted, and gets along well with others. And then the second uh, kind of subfamily of halflings are the stouts. And they're kind of hardier than average, and they're said to um, have dwarven blood in them, which helps give them a actual, actually, a natural resistance to poison. So a lot of times, a staff or a stout halfling um, makes a good rogue for whenever you uh, goof up trying to unlock that trap and get poisoned. <laughs> um, poison, poison. That's a inside joke that uh, nobody will get. Um, let's see. Next, uh, Brady, you want to touch on the old, super exciting and interesting, the old standby us humans, the 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 fun ones that everyone loves to give a hard time. But uh, they do have their uses. So you know, humans. They are the youngest of the common races. They were kind of late to arrive on the world scene, um, and they are very short-lived by comparison to the other races. So kind of like we were saying, elves can live up to, you know, 700 to 1,000 years. Dwarves can live, you know, anywhere from, anywhere from like two to five centuries. 500, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got humans that are you know, live upwards of 100 years naturally. Um, but uh, they are, we are known, I say we, 
I'll say them in this respect. <laughs> we, you know, humans, <laughs> yes, we, in this world, they are known for their ambition, perhaps due to, you know, living that shorter life. They want to get out there and YOLO, you know, live things up, try to try to make what they can of the shortness that they have of their life. So, you know, they're innovators, they're achievers and pioneers, and uh, they're more physically diverse than, you know, the other common races like elves and dwarves because, you know, they all sort of have the same kind of line throughout them where they all look very similar, whereas, you know, humans, just like actual humans, are very different and diverse. Mm. So, you know, anywhere from five, six feet tall, they could be shorter, could be bigger, um, you know, Regular weight, 125 to 250, could be even less, could be even more. And then just the regular gamut of all the skin, hair, and eye color that you can think of, like, in real world. And then sometimes they can also have, like, a dash of non-human blood that may kind of influence their looks. So maybe they'll have, you know, a bit of elf in them. So maybe they're a little bit taller and a little bit skinnier in the face and slightly pointed ears or... You know, something to that effect. Um, but humans are the most adaptable and uh, ambitious among the common races. So, you know, they'll build cities that last for ages and kingdoms that last for centuries. And, you know, the individual might have a short lifespan, but a nation or a culture preserves traditions with origins beyond the reach of any single human, you know, their single human memory. So, you know, they like to, like I said, just kind of YOLO. You only live once. They live in the present. They live in the now. But they want to leave a legacy, and that's why a lot of them want to go adventuring, is they want to leave this legacy of, you know, explorers or founders or just well-known people for doing crazy stuff and, you know, killing big, bad monsters. Um, so, you know, that's where the, the uh, adventurers come from, and they get their their drive from but that's just one way and they can there can be a many many other drives depending on the backstory that you choose but that's uh it's the humble humans uh which leads us is and i know you said that we were doing this in alphabetical order but d um, usually comes yeah, before I mean, h i say so. that um i lied we're doing this in the order presented in the uh, player's handbook um, which is not alphabetical order so um. Yeah. So I next is uh, Dragonborn. Dragon. Dra uh, yeah, yeah, it's the uh, like a G H sound, so it falls here. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Dragonborn, um, and it, you know, the name kind of gives it away. They're very. They look very much like dragons. Um, but they stand erect in like a humanoid form. So like, you know, typically bigger than your standard human. Uh, on average, standing about six and a half feet tall and wearing weighing 300 pounds. Um, but unlike your standard dragon, they typically don't have wings or a tail. Um, and, you know, they are kind of looked upon as, you know, being very misunderstood uh, by the world. Um, they were... You can imagine these as the... Uh... The emo kids of yeah. the D&D world. <laughs> Super edgy. Not my real dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't understand me. Nobody does. Um, 
So uh, go listen to Lincoln Park. <laughs> dragon porn were originally hatched from eggs um, as a unique race, but you know, of course, over time, whether it be breeding, you know, with dragonborns just being with each other, or humans, and you know, different races, that sort of thing, um, they've just continued to uh, live on as their own uh, separate race. The blood of their particular uh, type of dragon uh, kind of runs through their veins, uh, which affects you know the color of their scales. So, in the uh, in the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, you've got two different types of uh, dragon. I guess what you would call dragon types. There's the chromatic and the metallic. And so within the chromatic uh, color um, variations, there's black, blue, green, red, and white. And then with the metallic type, there are brass, bronze, copper, gold, and silver. And so in 5e, you know, you can play whatever color you like. Um, A lot of times the different you know, chromatic or metallic, they're associated with good or bad, but in the same way as a drow, you know, which is naturally associated, or I guess most associated with kind of evil and like living underground and turning your back on the world. Like you can be a, you know, a chromatic colored dragonborn and not be like associated with evil. Um, yeah, these are all just basically the structures to base your character around. They don't you can follow these as much as you want and you can be a strictly, you know, obsidian-skinned, white-haired drow that's mad at the surface world and is evil, you know, or you could make them whatever you want really. These are just the basis for you to take and make them your own, but these are just the kind of suggestions to kind of get you started. So yeah, you right. can you can play any of these however you want them. That's why we just, you know, we say they're like I was saying with the humans, they can be 125 pounds to 250 pounds. They can be more. They can be less. They can be taller. They can be shorter. Whatever you want. Right. Yeah, and it's you know, like like uh, like Brady said, it's completely up to you. You can kind of fight against the stereotype that's associated with whatever race or sub-race that you've chosen. Um, Even in the human section, it talks about how humans kind of, as far as their ethics go, cover the whole range. You know, you you find the most evil among them, but also the, the best, the most virtuous. So you just, you know, make your character how you want to make it. Um, let's see. Uh, going back to Dragonborn, um, they typically reach the size of a 10-year-old human at the age of 3 and reach adulthood by 15, so they get big fast. Um, but they only live, on average, till about 80 years old. Um, like dwarves, they typically belong to a uh, kind of a family clan, and they uh, push themselves to extreme effort um, in the name of their clan. They uh, you know, seldom seek... Uh, help from other races, being a very proud people, um, and you know, but of course, having a a dragonborn a friend, you know, if you've made that friendship, that's going to be a very strong bond 
that you've created. And uh, so, um, and just a little cool tidbit. Yes, they can breathe fire and also lightning and also poison and acid. But, and that just depends on your color type. Um, and so you kind of, whenever you're making your dragonborn, if you want to be a dragonborn that breathes acid or breathes lightning, you know, that'll <laughs> affect your color choices and uh, that sort of thing. All right. Um, yep. And uh, next, Brady, if you want to talk about the gnomes. And we're not talking yes. about your uh, your garden variety wearing their little red hats. No. no, these are your fun little full of life, you know, inventors, the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed little gnomes that you think of. Um, but yeah, so they're they're much different from the literal garden variety uh, <laughs> gnomes. So, yeah. um, but you know, they're they're kind of like halflings. They do take delight in life. But they enjoy, really just enjoy life and living life, where halflings more just enjoy enjoying life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're if much this makes more any adventurous sense, gnomes on are the ones than halflings. Yes. So they, they like to invent, they like to explore, investigate, create, and play. Uh, their energy and enthusiasm pretty much just like shines out of their whole entire body. Uh, they're basically just like vibrating with excitement and like the drive and need to go and do things. Uh, but you know, they're, they're usually about three or four feet tall and weigh anywhere from like 30 to 45 pounds. Um, you know, they usually have a big smile on their face, um, you know, kind of beneath their slightly larger noses for their, for their faces and size. Um, but they've just, like I said, they're bright eyed and bushy tailed with hair sticking out in every direction um, you know, they like to live in somewhat modestly, you know, toned clothes, but sometimes they like to give them the old razzle dazzle with embroidery and embossing and like, you know, gleaming jewels that are studded on there. So they like to, um, bedazzle their clothes, if you will. Um, but like I was saying, they, they love to, they just, they love being alive and they love to just like squeeze every ounce of enjoyment out of life that they can. Uh, so they reach adulthood around 40, and even with, you know, their long lives of anywhere from 300 to 500 years, kind of like dwarves, uh, they still seem to, like, get this feeling that they're not going to have enough time for all the things they want to see and do because they have so yeah, much energy. Serious FOMO. Yeah, they just, they want to be and do and just everywhere and everything. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they... They speak quickly to get all of their whirling thoughts out, you know, on a wide array of subjects. And imagine like talking to a little kid that's a little bit smarter than most, you know, like kids for their age. And they know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And they just like, I just want to tell you everything in one breath. And I don't know if I'll be able to get it all across. And they just talk and talk and talk and they want to get it all out. And like, it's like, whoa, kid, just like take a breath and then speak, you know, kind of imagine that. Uh, but uh, they love pranks and puns, um, as they do taking things serious as well. They have a nice a nice balance. Uh, but these are the, the people, you know, these are the the races that you'll find that are more like tinkerers, engineers, alchemists, and inventors. Um, and they are very willing to make mistakes and laugh at themselves and take risks and uh, just kind of really put themselves out there. 
and uh, they are also broken down into two. Is it two? It's two sub. Yeah, two. Yeah, two subclasses. Sub keep saying classes, sub races. We'll get to that. So you've got your yeah. We'll we'll get there eventually. So you got your forest gnome and your rock gnomes. So the forest gnome and rock gnomes are pretty much as they sound. Forest gnomes live in the forest, and they're they're more have a knack for like illusions and you know just inherently kind of quick and stealthy. Um, but they are kind of rare and secretive, and they like to be secluded. And sometimes they also like to a uh, little tidbit. They like to befriend small forest animals, and they actually rely on them for information, which is kind of cool. So you can kind of have a little. You know, squirrel friends. A little network of yeah, squirrel friends to <laughs> give you all the info. Squirrel spy network. Yeah, secret squirrel, literally. Oh, nice. And then you've got the rock gnomes, who like to pretty much live in the ground, kind of think of dwarves, but they they live down there to, for. They like to invent, and they're very hardy, and um, they're just very interesting, full of life, little things. Which brings us on to. In my opinion, my favorite um, race. But uh, Patrick, would you like to? Yes. Would you like to cover that? I'm definitely. It was all part of the plan that me going first would lead to me talking about the half elves. Um, and I'm not sure really. I guess the reason why I like half elves so much is that, like, it talks about in the player's handbook just how they are diverse and they are the products of two different worlds and to me like the two of the more like interesting and exciting worlds you know you're they're part human and part elf you know you've got the human side where they're short-lived ambitious trying to make their mark on the world you know adventurers kings explorers and then you've got the elves who are very long-lived they're very deliberate with their thoughts and actions they're very you know appreciative of kind of just the peace and the passage of time um and you know just very very zen very chill um and of course having that little bit of the little touch of magic that comes with their elven blood um but you know while they get the benefits of having those two different parts coming together um you know having elven family and human family together that also means that they're not really part of either of those worlds and you know a half elf to an elf probably mostly looks like a human and they're gonna more than likely be treated as such whereas to a human you know town or society a half elf is gonna have Pointy ears and is going to, you know, probably, like Brady said, have a little bit thinner face and maybe a little bit shorter than your average human, be a little more lithe, um, and uh, you know, be more elvish in nature. And so, they kind of view them as such. Um, let's see, half elves they reach adulthood about the same time as humans around 20 but they can live a little bit longer uh, reaching like 180 years um, or beyond their looks you know are range between a mixture of uh, humans and elves you know kind of not being generally as broad shoulders as humans but not as slender as elves 
they've got um, they typically have the cool eye coloration that you would associate with the elves um, and you know this it, uh, half elves are you know great too because you can be like an elf but also have a beard um, you know which is a big plus and uh, <laughs> they typically a lot of half elves will band together in small communities and essentially be like an entire half elf community living together because they you know like i said they are a part of two different worlds but not belonging to either one um and so kind of being that in between of two worlds they a lot of times find themselves to be great diplomats and they find themselves like merchants and you know are very willing and you know excited to go out and be in the world and kind of you know be in the mix um and one thing to think about too whenever you're building your half elf character is that um your parents your direct parents don't have to be one elf one human it can be two half elves that you know got married and had you and that still makes a half elf or i guess a quarter elf would there be a quarter elf? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look if you look at the it's magical math is there it, <laughs> yeah. it all works out yeah so <laughs> there's there's literally like a chart that you can roll to like determine like how much half elf you are how much or, elf or how much yeah. human you are yeah so it's like you know if you've got an elven parent and a human parent or a half elf and a half elf or a half elf and an elf and a half elf and a human it's the whole thing either way all that together makes a half elf which to me you know you get a lot of benefits and a lot of cool abilities to make you super versatile um yeah and i think that's what i like about them the most they're just they're kind of like myself they're the most well-rounded yeah (laughs) i find myself to be amazing like half elves um and that's why (laughs) and that's why i choose them um but uh now and i think that you know the race is very versatile for if you're trying to find one that mixes well with most of the classes that we'll talk about in the next episode um yeah it's a good one to to just test things out and kind of get a feel for what's what's more important of the stats and stuff but we'll get into that later yeah all right and next another one that i i think is a really cool race if you want to take it away brady yeah, so with the half elves, you get more of a, you know, the well-rounded sort of diplomat, and you know, thinking in terms of genteelness and things like that. The half orc is kind of on the other side of the spectrum, you know, where sometimes orcs and you know their their origins come from. Sometimes orcs and humans tribes, you know, sometimes form alliances and they're sealed by marriage, and that's kind of where you get half orcs from. That's where they're born from. Yeah. But sometimes they can become powerful chiefs uh, where, you know, they become powerful war chiefs because their human blood gives them a little bit of an advantage over the full blood orcs um, because, you know, their their temper is tempered by their human blood, which gives them kind of knocks the edge off a little bit, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. And then some some others strike out to prove themselves with, um, you know, being barbarians and you know having this savage fury and going out to prove themselves by 
cutting everyone down and showing how good they are at fighting and stuff. Uh, but it's very easy to tell a half orc um, from any other place or from any other race uh, because you know they have they've got a grayish pigmentation a little bit to their skin with some sloping foreheads and kind of a jaw that juts out a little bit and some prominent teeth. Sometimes they have uh, maybe a couple of more prominent tusks, yeah. tuskuses, um, sometimes, and um, also just big, you know, like. Built like a brick poop house, you know, just like <laughs> just built out yeah. there. Um, but you know, they'll st- they'll they're you know sometimes anywhere from six to seven feet tall, and one eighty to two fifty pounds. Again, that's another range you can make them bigger. Yeah, they kind and, of uh, they, range between like humans and the dragonborn. Yeah, mm, yep, exactly. And uh, so they'll reach adulthood around like fourteen years old. Mm. So they kind of grow, kind of grow. A little bit quick, um, just a little bit quicker than <laughs> had to grow up fast in this hard world. That's right. So, uh, half orcs that have spent like any time around other orcs will sport scars and bruises and like kind of battle scars um, with pride because they use that, you know, as that's just part of the orcish way is, you know, live or die by the sword, and you. The more fights you get in, the tougher you show that you are, that you've survived and won. Uh, whereas, you know, these ones that have these scars that live around humans might kind of wear them with shame because they see that as, oh, this is my more barbaric side. But, uh, you know, it just depends on where you're at. And let's see. So, um, so like with half-orcs, um, though their human blood does kind of moderate the impact of their orcish heritage, um... It's a little bit tempered, like I said, again, with the orcs being, you know, more of just a savage race. And then the human blood sort of tempers that and makes them a little bit more thoughtful and, and thinking of things. So, yeah, and kind of um, orcs are, you know, generally associated with being evil. And so, you know, while humans aren't necessarily evil and half orcs aren't either, that there's still like an evil side just from the pure nature of what orcs are that lurks within them, um, you know, and that's kind of a internal battle that half orcs have with themselves, you know, a, are they going to embrace it and use that like evil savage nature? Or are they going to kind of rebel against it and try to be part of more of a civilized world? Yeah, exactly. It's the, the, you know, the, the inner battle of, of the two sides kind of, trying to figure out which one will reconcile and be the dominant side or which one will be repressed or brought out in them. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the half orcs. And so Patrick, do you want to wrap it up with the the last one of the basic of the basic races in the player's handbook? Yep. And like uh, Brady's touching on right before the last one, these are the basic races Um, kind of, Get your get your feet wet with these. You can branch out later whenever you're a big boy and girl, and you've uh, had some experience. But just start out here. So last one is going to be the tieflings. Um, and to give you a visual picture, think you know they're you know you think you know with the half elves. Think Hellboy. Yeah, like Hellboy. Um, you think half orcs and half elves. These are like half demons, um, and they can even have you know they'll have like horns of different 
shapes and sizes and like you know twisted like ram's horns or straight up like uh antelope's horns and uh kind of you know a very demon like tail and this all stems from a a curse that was placed on the tiefling's bloodline and so it's not a reflection on who they are or choices that they have made but just kind of a a uh a price that their race is paying for a sinful past. Um, and so they're, of course, <laughs> as walking demon people, um, <laughs> kind of, as, you know, looked upon with mistrust and kind of fear. They appear humans, or appear humanoid. Um, their skin can be colored like humans, but uh, also typically various shades of red. And, you know, for any of you out there that have watched any critical role there's a tiefling on uh, one of the characters is a tiefling and she's actually got blue skin but that's just because uh her backstory made it that way so i mean hey you can come up with whatever you want that'll make your characters unique um tieflings usually live alongside the dregs of society Know, some finding respect um, because they're very charismatic people, but um, others um, unfortunately feel like they have to turn to crime to survive, kind of falling within that uh, stereotype that has been given to their race. Um, they know they can only rely on themselves um, to get through life, but if you make a good tiefling friend, you know, like many of the other races, then that's typically going to be uh, a friend for life. Tieflings uh, mature like humans do, but typically live a little bit longer. So very similar to humans in a lot of ways. And uh, that is going to be it. Those are all nine of the standard races for the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and... Like, uh, you know, like we talked about at the top of the show, sorry that uh, we couldn't give you the absolute amazing episode that we recorded and lost the, um, the, the file, you know, corrupted, and we tried to <laughs> recover it in any way we could, but we just couldn't. Um, so it's unfortunate that you guys get the, uh, you know, just realized I was muted this whole time. Yeah, so I was going along with were you, you. Were you giving some great points, man? I was again, just and like again, the lost Skype. to the annals of time. Yeah, so I'm telling you, it's just, it's yeah. just not our, our, our day. But I'm sure those. Yeah, we great um, points, Brady. There, they were, and I don't even remember them now. But, um, <laughs> but we will go back, or we will go into greater depth of all of these, um, races on down the line to talk more mm -hmm. about the mechanics of each one and what they would add uh, or what uh, their advantages would be for if you're looking to roll certain classes. But yeah, uh, next next time, what, we're, what we'll be go over, going over in the next episode will be the classes. And um, so that's going to be kind of more of the fun stuff, deciding what you're wanting to do, what your role wants to be. Um, so we'll go over that. And those classes, that'll be another kind of a quick overview, which we'll have to uh, dive into the details again. 
which will be good. But we'll we'll give you another kind of an overview of each each class and kind of the roles that they play and how you can play them and uh, kind of what you're looking for just to to get you going. Yeah, and like uh, you know, this will be like just like this race episode, a very you know basic you know top level description of you know what these classes are kind of what defines them you know if you're going to be making a character that is a barbarian like what does that mean like what is you know what does that mean for you as a character um and of course as always feel free to whether it's online somewhere or getting a physical copy of that player's handbook and follow along that way you can look at these details on the on the classes as we go through the uh, very general picture of them. Um, again, like Brady said, in the future we'll do like a deep dive on each class because there's so much to cover. And in fact, yeah, there's there's a lot, a lot. Yeah, more than what you know. You know, like I I told Brady, I'm trying to get a group started on a campaign and several of them have never played Dungeons and Dragons before and it can be like trying to you know drink out of a fire hydrant just blowing in your face and you just you got to give them little little tidbits you know and say like you know <laughs> halflings they're short people <laughs> you know and that's that's you like to uh eat and drink and you know live in your little house like so so that's that's kind of what we're going for of, you know, not getting too in the weeds. Yeah, this is just your primer, kind yeah. of what to, just thinking like, oh, that sounds like that would be a fun character to play. And then once you figure out that, then you can branch off into uh, going into the deep dives and figuring out if that is something you want to play. And then you can uh, listen to our episode about classes um, and things like that and see what would be a good combo so we're talking about those deep dives. Um, if you ever, if you do read along with uh, some of the more general episodes here, and you start reading up on a on a class or a a race in in particular, if you have a question, uh, just feel free to reach out to us either on our Facebook page, which would be Vitamin D and D Podcast, or you can actually email us any questions that you might have, and maybe we can get around to answering them. And our email is vitamin D in D podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's vitamin D, the letter N, D podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, hopefully if you get those to us in time, we can maybe compile them or we can save them for like kind of a Q&A episode yeah. where we take all of your questions. But uh, if you have anything, just feel free to, uh, to reach out to us any way you can and you know maybe find us on our twitter handles we'll get those in the in the show notes uh here soon yeah. and uh you can hit us up with any any questions you might have all right well i think that uh about wraps it up and uh i think it's time to call it a night yep so uh yeah feel free to hit us up like we said and other than that thanks for listening on behalf of myself and patrick thanks for listening and uh I guess we'll see you after your long rest. Take it easy.